Is this, we're good? Okay. Well, good morning. It's truly a pleasure to be here this morning and worship with you. I love worshiping the Lord with the people of God, no matter where I am. And it's a pleasure to have my daughter here this morning. It was a new treat for her to sing in French because we don't do that in Stony Creek. So she's like, we're singing in French. I don't remember grade nine French. So <laughs> I'm like, just sing the English. It's okay. We'll be good. Um, we had a marvelous time at the Pay It Forward campaign dinner last night, and there were so many people that pulled that together, and I know Yolande was kind of spearheading that, and it was so beautiful. So for those of you that were with us last night, it, like I hope you enjoyed yourself. It was just a lovely time together just to worship the Lord. Um, <clears throat> and we've already heard the commitment of your leadership, which has been an astounding uh, $262,000. The leadership has really stepped forward for this campaign, which really goes to show um, that they believe in, in you as a congregation, but they just believe God, right? And isn't that marvelous that as leaders, they're just um, leading the charge in that way. And then today we're gonna hear um, just the extra money that came in through the commitment dinner last night. And uh, we get to celebrate that with cake as well. Um, but a, a debt retirement campaign sometimes can seem a little daunting, um, especially those who went through the first campaign and um, we sacrificed and we saw what God did and we got to praise the Lord. And now he's asking us to step further into trust and to faith in him. And at some point today, to those of you who weren't able to join us last night, you're going to be invited to participate in this amazing thing that God is doing here at Arlington Woods as well. And this has been actually one of my, to be honest, one of my most favorite campaigns that I've been able to be a part of because early on when we started meeting together as a campaign team, it quickly turned from a debt retirement campaign to a generosity campaign. I've actually just, it, it wowed me to see the board and the team just grab hold of that vision so quickly. Um, and that giving generously, like outside the walls of your church, um, as a way to pay off the debt, um, that just seems illogical, doesn't it? To some of us, it seems illogical. We talked about that. <laughs> I think you mentioned that as well. It seems illogical. It doesn't make sense. But in God's upside-down kingdom, it makes perfect sense. Um, and it's easy to actually grab hold of this concept when we realize a profound truth, and that is that giving is actually funded by the generosity of God. And we proclaimed this this morning when we stood up and um, Carlene had us read scripture and it said wealth and, honor and power come from the Lord. It comes from him. And when we know this and we live this reality, then something like a debt retirement campaign where we're going to give a bunch of money away makes perfect sense. And the anchor verse for this campaign is 2 Corinthians 9. We find it there. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. But then Paul goes on to say, if we continue in this scripture, 
he says that he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase the store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. And you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And these sentences ooze with the generosity of God. The word provided in verse 8 literally means to make abound, to make more than enough, to um, present in abundance, to overflow. Jamie Phillips translates this verse, um, God can give you more than you can ever need so that you can always have sufficient for yourself and enough left over to give to every good cause. Do we believe that as a church? Do we believe that as God's people? And in verse 10, the verse supplies in the Greek is the word choreogeto, which we get the word, the English word choreography, which is a really cool, I love that word. And in classical Greek, it meant to lead a chorus, and it also meant to pay the expenses to train the chorus. So a man would so much want to put on a production or a play for the people that he would make sure that it happened by funding the entire enterprise. And the living God is putting on a pretty cool play right here at Arlington Woods, and it's called Arlington Woods Pays It Forward. And God is the one who is funding all the expenses for this play. God will super provide those who are willing to risk giving so that they might super provide for the needs of others. And it's hard to believe that this could possibly be true, isn't it? This is the God we serve, especially when the bills keep piling up. But it's actually a promise of God. It seems to go contrary to a lot of our experiences, too. After all, we spend time, we spend money, and the money doesn't seem to increase, and the time doesn't increase. But could it be because when it's all said and done, it's because we're actually giving to ourselves instead? The promise of God, that God will give you more than you need, is for those who spend their time and their money for others, for the sake of Christ. The generous God funds the generosity of the generous. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. This little so that is a corrective to the spin which the so-called health and wealth gospel can put on these verses. God does prosper his people. It's true, I've seen it firsthand. I've lived it firsthand. He prospers his people. But God prospers his people not so that they can have more, but so that they can be more and they can give more. God does not prosper a business because he can move up so somebody who owns this business can move up and buy the next level of luxury automobile. God will prosper a business so that 17,000 unreached people groups can hear the gospel. 
God prospers the business so that 12% of the world's population can move a step back from the precipice of starvation. So that God, by his grace, he will bless you to be a blessing uh, through Arlington Woods Pay It For a campaign so that together, as you are entering into this amazing thing God is asking you to do, so that together you can bless those outside the walls. Um, we've already heard of the two campaign <clears throat> uh, places that are receiving the first amount of money, and we heard from Trevor about them last, uh, and I'm sure you've already heard about them, and it's amazing. They've already said, this is a miraculous answer to prayer, these funds. And this campaign is, you know, fulfilling miracles that God, these are the good works God has asked you to step into and enter into as a church family. And together you can be a blessing for the world for whom Christ died. So if you haven't made a commitment yet to the Pay It For It campaign, um, don't miss out because it's already answering these prayers. It's already providing miracles to these two organizations. I can't wait to hear about the, the, um, the national organization that the generosity team is going to be led to come alongside of and then the international organization that is spreading the gospel and meeting the needs of the people around them and you get to be a part of that. And we don't have to fear in this. Sometimes it can feel really challenging and it can feel um, impossible sometimes what God is asking us to do. But you don't have to fear because giving is funded by the generosity of God and we serve a generous God, a God who gave it all for us so that we can live abundant lives. And in that abundance that he is giving to us so freely and so generously, we get to be generous as well. So thank you for having me. It has been a marvelous pleasure to be with you all. And um, I'm so excited to see what God continues to do through Arlington Woods to bless the world around you. Ushers, are you ready? Standing at the ready? Ushers? Pearl, you ready up there? Do you, have, you should have some uh, brochures there. Just want to make sure that everyone in the church has opportunity to participate in this. So if you're here this morning and you have not received a brochure about the, that looks like this, you, don't have, you haven't received this envelope, I want to make sure that you get it. So if you could just put your hand up. If you haven't received this yet, you put your hand up. And our ushers will make sure you get one. Okay, awesome. Over here, here. Any up top up there? Don't be shy. All right, over here. Alan, down at the end. Wonderful. Okay. Um, those of you who are joining us online, if you have a second, you can you can um, you can go and um, go to our website. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you can go to our website, and on our website, it's all the information there. It, there's the pay it forward. Um, actually, the brochure is in there. Much of the information also gives you opportunity to be able to give there. So if you'd like to participate, we don't want to leave you out. You'll have that opportunity as well. So, everybody have now a brochure? Good? Okay. 
Um, I won't go into detail on that. We've, we've been talking about that. We really want to encourage you as much as possible to um, participate in that. I don't have my sheet with me, but I think that we're supposed to give a number now. Is that right? A number. Let's give a number. So, uh, the, the <laughs> just making this up as we're going. So, the, the, the goal that we have is $880,000. We need eight, $800,000 to wipe out our debt, and we're going to be giving away $80,000 to worthy causes. And you already know Capital City Mission is getting one, and Christian Counseling Ottawa is getting another. So $10,000 to one and $10,000 to another. And the team, as you heard, is working on um, what the national... Um, can, uh, what the national recipients, who they are. So they're working on that, and we'll hear about that soon. Um, so $880,000 is our goal. And to date, including the, the leaders from their event, plus what came in last night, the total number is $338,960 is what you have pledged over the next three years. So that's awesome. So as you can see with that number, we still have a little ways to go. And I'm getting a ring up here. I'm, and I, I think some of that might be that we have had many people that have not been able to participate for various reasons. Maybe online, some of you are here this morning. Uh, we're at our event last night and we're not part of the leaders event. So you are now given opportunity to step in and be a part of that. The church can often be likened to a family. And family, for me, has been, both in the farming community that I grew up in, as well as the family that I was part of raising, was connection. It's part of us working together. It's part of us, you know, when there's a job to be done, we all sort of come in and work on it together. One of the core values for us as a church we discovered as we were doing our strategic plan was is that we wanted to be a church that have a sense of belonging. I think that many of you sense that when you come through our doors. You have this sense of belonging. And we did great with the New Horizon campaign. And then since then, when we built this structure, there have been uh, many, probably between 70 and 100, new people that have come here over the last couple of years since COVID. And so you, you saw and are experiencing the benefit of people, part of the family that was, you know, really involved in that. And as we move along, part of that belonging is, is that you are getting involved in areas of ministry that, um, that have uh, been left vacant. Like COVID has done, not only has stripped many churches financially, but also volunteers. But you have stepped into those roles. And part of that family means is that also we also support it financially and are involved in that way. I was just thinking this morning, this is not in the note, Andrew, if you're looking for it, it's not there. Um, uh, I was thinking this morning, the people that line the hallway of heaven who were instrumental in the family of God that helped us to be where we are today. I was thinking of, you, you probably don't know a man by the name, name of Sel Belcher, a businessman, a Canadian Tire businessman. He had colleagues, um, Mr. Troughton, Earl Troughton, 
um, Mr. Van Norman, Ian Van Norman, all of these men used and met families that were used of God to see great things accomplished for the kingdom. Now, not all of them line the hallway of heaven because not all of them have passed on, but I see that as them being instrumental in my own life. You are not here by accident this morning. Someone invested in you. They decided, as God led them, that you would be part of their legacy. See, a legacy is more than money. It's far more than money. You do know that your kids and your grandkids are going to remember way more than the toys that they received. They're not going to remember the toy that they got when they were five. But they'll remember the time that you spent with them and the, and the character building that you put into them. They'll remember that. Those are the types of things that are, are important. So I remember fondly this morning of those individuals. When we did the campaign originally, the New Horizons campaign, I read this last night. Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. God used something that was devastating, and I think that as time moves along, we'll talk far less about a tornado that ripped our roof off, and we'll talk more about how God used us in a time of, uh, to help us to be generous. Because I think that's where God is pointing us and moving towards. We'll talk less about money, perhaps, and that's not a bad thing, but we'll talk, continue to talk about generosity because that is, in, that is the heart of God. We were talking about forgetting the former things and we're not dwelling on the past, but we're, we're moving forward. We embarked on that ambitious campaign and it was successful and we saw many in our community who responded to that. But as you know, our task is unfinished and God calls us to move forward and he also calls us to be part of leaving a, a legacy. You see, the people back in a day there were individuals that heard the call of God and said, we're going we're to plant a tree. Now, that's not going to mean anything to you quite yet, but it will in a minute. I don't know that you realize or not, but Scobie Memorial had at, at its heart to, to build a church and to be part of something that was larger than what was happening downtown and moved out into the suburbs and chose this area. Now, there was another area first, but they ended up getting this property. And you probably, if you've read our webpage, if you've read our webpage and you take a look at the history, you will notice that the shape of our roof line over here is not by accident, but that it looks that way and was structured that way to remind us of the great pine trees that were in this community, the great white pines. Something unique about that. Because they wanted to have an impact in this community. There's a passage, uh, there's a uh, quote that I want to, it's uh, Reverend Reuben Smith. I've, different people have been attributed to this. Let the old men plant trees, though they may never expect to eat the fruit of them. Some say, though they may never be under the shade of them. We all are figuratively planting trees. We're leaving a legacy. 
A legacy is the imprint that you leave on the future. Legacy is, a, is, is an imprint that you leave on the future. As a result, we all have a legacy. In 1 Chronicles chapter 28 and 29, we have a great example in the Old Testament. King David is nearing his death, and he looks at his son Solomon, who is soon to be the king, and he says, as for you, my son. And then he begins to unpack what it is that he's encouraging, uh, what he wants to encourage for Solomon, but also what he wants to encourage for the next generation. You are that next generation. We're all part of the generation after the generation after the generation. And what he speaks to, the wisdom that he speaks into Solomon's life, who's arguably one of the most wisest person in the world, steeped with wisdom, is the same wisdom that he passes on to us. And so, Paul, this morning, we just want to spend just a few moments, and then there's cake. I want to talk about steps to lead, which is almost as good as pie. I want to talk about leaving a godly legacy to the next generation as modeled by King David. There's nine points. Oh, don't fall asleep on me. Don't, don't you dare. I think that song was telling us, don't give up now. You've got to carry on. All right, number one. We leave a, a godly legacy to the next generation by discipling them. By discipling them by instructing them, by teaching them. In 1 Chronicles 28, verse 9, David says, And you, my son, acknowledge the God of your father and serve him. I don't know how many times those individuals that mentored me, the Sal Belchers of the world, the Vic Stonehouses of the world, who was my mentor, came into my life and, and said, this is the way you should go. The discipling that took place. It was awesome. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 to 7 says, These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. We have the privilege in many places where churches are closing down we have the privilege to be a part of a church that is alive and doing well. And part of us is to invest in that so that we can disciple others as David is admonishing his son Solomon. Great fatherly wisdom to his son. Second thing, we leave a godly legacy to the next generation by encouraging them. The next generation is dying for inspiration. If, along with other things, COVID did anything, it grabbed at the hearts and the throats of our young people. And more than ever, just talk to some businessmen, talk to some business people, and you will find that it's challenging to find individuals that could come in and work in their places because the youth are feeling dejected, they don't know where to turn, and they feel so challenged. Just a word of encouragement would make a huge difference. Just speaking into their life. I don't know if you recognize this or not, and maybe you've, you've felt this, but too often, older people tell the next generation everything that they're doing wrong. That happens, and maybe you've been 
Maybe you've had a little bit of that. David says in verse 10, for the Lord has chosen you to build a temple as a sanctuary. Be strong and do the work. For me, as I've looked at personality profiles, as I have looked at um, strengths, one of the strengths for me is the gift of encouragement. Um, some days is more pronounced than others. Some days, just ask my wife, I'm the, I have the gift of discouragement. But often it's encouragement. And I, I love the opportunity just to be able to encourage our kids as they raise their families. Because I know that it is very challenging. And whenever possible, I like to encourage you in that same way. We leave a legacy to the next generation by encouraging them. We're building this tree. We may never have the opportunity to sit under its shade with your kids, your grandkids, and so on. After you and I are long gone from this space, there'll be a new batch of individuals from this community that will be a part of Arlington Woods and moving it forward just as the people from Scobie Memorial had that great faith and hope in what would happen here we this morning, during these days, are part of God's plan in raising these funds to see something amazing happen. And maybe we'll never see it all. Well, we won't see it all. But we trust. We leave a godly legacy to the next generation by equipping and resourcing them. Equipping and resourcing them. We have to give the next generation the plans and the expertise, and the experience, and the energy. And so that's why you see in a regular place various people that are involved in ministry. I noted last night, you take a look at the generosity team, and four of the five have only come in the last year or so to Arlington Woods Church, and yet they're helping us decide where these funds are going. It's an exciting time in the life of Arlington Woods Church and what he wants to do in this community. In verses 11 and 12 of chapter 28, he speaks about this, about equipping and resourcing them. Number four, we leave a godly legacy to the next generation by empowering them, by empowering them. People are naturally insecure. It's vital that they know that you support them. David tells Solomon in verse 20, be strong and courageous and do the work. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord God, my God, is with you. This is the same guy that went up against Goliath and he, he slay the giant when nobody else from Israel wanted to go. Oh, you may come with me and with sword and spear, but I just want you to know that I've got the power of God with me. He was empowered and we do the same. Number five, we leave a godly legacy to the next generation by positioning them for success. Chapter 29, David shifts his communication to the Jewish people. Verse 1, then King David said to the whole assembly, so in addition to giving the next generation plans and resources, you must also give them a platform in order for them to, to use what it is that they've been given. You have to put them at the table. You have to give them opportunity to lead and to make mistakes just like you have and not to call them out. Number six, we leave a godly legacy to the next generation by publicly reaffirming them. It means loaning them your influence. Point to them and tell others God's hand is on their life. 
King David referred to his son as my son Solomon, the one whom God has chosen. There is so much power in words. You can either lift somebody up or you can pull them down. But we need to do more reaffirming and affirming of those individuals as we leave this legacy. Whether, whether we like it or not, the new generation, the next generation, will be the ones that will be taking over the world. I say that with a bit of a smile. They will be the ones that will be leading this church. They will be the ones. We don't, we don't, we don't look to the youth as the future of the church. They are the church. And it's exciting to see as youth become involved in the life of the church and are given a place at the table. People from other nations are given a place at the table just like we have had opportunity to be at the table. It's awesome. Anybody say amen. Okay, I know, because you want me to keep moving. All right. Number seven, we leave a godly legacy to the next generation by reminding them that, that their work is still left for them to do. There's still stuff there to do. We don't get it all done. There'll be parts that they're going to pick up, that they're going to be part of. Transparency and authenticity are attractive qualities to the next generation. We are honest with them. Struggle is necessary for developing strength. We do not downplay the challenges of becoming adults or living in adult days. Because God knows that they've had to grow up awfully fast. And for some of them, they are swimming and the water is high. King David continues, Solomon is young and inexperienced. The task is great. We pray them moving forward. We don't just turn it loose and then walk away, but we mentor and encourage them. We remind them that the, there's still work to be done and we walk side by side. I just saved this for a second. This isn't in my notes, but I, I, I love what I see in men's ministry, John and Daryl and Neil. As you, as you mentor those young guys that are coming in and they're getting an opportunity to be involved in carrying the ball moving forward in men's ministry, you're doing that well. And we see the mentorship and, and the handoff of that. So kudos to you and your team. Number eight, we leave a godly legacy to the next generation by pointing them to Jesus. That's what this is about. David was about to remind his son of all of his wealth and activity, but that was not there for personal enjoyment. Jordan mentioned that. This is not sustainable. There must be a higher purpose, a higher calling in mind. He said in verse one of chapter 29, this palatial structure, Talking about the temple. This, this palatial structure is not for man, but for the Lord God. This isn't for us. All of this is for God. Because of what Jesus has done. Number nine. We leave a godly legacy to the next generation by rejoicing with them. After an offering of biblical proportions, verse nine says... The people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. 
David the king also rejoiced greatly. King David left a godly legacy and an imprint on the future which we still benefit from today because he was modeling for us these nine things about legacy. And today we are part of, of that future. Many of the leaders of the church met and they've marked the way towards generosity for King David. David challenged his people to give. But before he gave, before they did, he gave out of his wealth. That's what leaders do. Leaders lead. We're called to do that. We're called to step up. Still remember somebody talking about, well, that's what, that's what Sal Belcher used to do, as if that was okay for him to do, but the next generation really had never stepped up and, be, and started to walk in Sal Belcher's shoes. What God is calling all of us, of those individuals that have led so well, and to inspire us is not to sit back in admiration of what they have done, but it's for us to walk up in and take on what it is that God's calling for us in this day. It's a new day and new opportunities. Continues to be an opportunity when leaders are praying and listening to God. Had a great um, Lead It Forward campaign prayer time uh, back a couple weeks ago. We have another prayer time that's coming in November. We really need for you to be there. It's going to be a little longer. It's going to be a little bit more, more emphasis, but we need for you to be there. Because the campaign is more than just money. It's, it's about generosity, obviously, but also it's about the people of God who are coming together to pray that God will move in the hearts of people. Last night, a few more people met to put forward their pledges towards the future. This faith building continues. Believing that God is in control continues. The planting of trees for which we will never sit under the shade or to eat the fruit from, but somebody will. For some, it very well may, may be that your sons or daughters are going to meet somebody here that knows the Lord and they're going to get married. What a great place. Your son or daughter that don't know Jesus yet or granddaughter or grandson that don't know Jesus yet are going to come and they're going to have an encounter with God because people like you decided to plant a tree, decided to leave a legacy that would far expand beyond who you are maybe the great-great-great-grandson someday down the road. This, my prayer has been that this fu the future, this campaign, there would be moments in our church that, we, that there will be faith building that will be way bigger than we've ever could have imagined. That generosity will permeate this place. I'm so proud of what you have done. Don't ever get the sense that I don't, or the staff, or the, the leadership of this church. I'm so proud of you and being a generous church because you are.
I believe in this because biblical stewardship is important and it builds our faith. It always does. Last night, we figuratively stepped into the Jordan and we believe that God is parting the waters for his church as we move forward. My prayer is that joyful giving will become a hallmark of this church. That people will look in and see that church They love to give. It's amazing. I'm going to ask us to pray. Thank you, Father, in your word, King David, two chapters devoted to spending some quality time with his son. We get to listen in as he shares some biblical truths that if he did, makes a huge difference in your kingdom. He wasn't saying them in a way that was empty, but he said them in a way that would transform a nation, would be able to create a place for you, would be able to create a place for your work to go forward. Thank you that it's recorded there for us. Thank you for the response of David's son Solomon, who then went on to be king and the difference that it has made, not only his life, but for the people of Israel. I pray, Father, that as we have an opportunity to contemplate our own lives, and maybe the different, we talked about nine different things, but maybe there's something in there that we could become a little more sharp at. Lord, help us to do that. We pray for your strength. And Lord, as a church, if there be areas in here where we just need to go after it a little bit more, we've been reluctant, we've been hesitant, we've been fearful, we've been anxious, whatever the word would be. We've been miserly. Lord, speak to us, because we know that's not your heart. Thank you for the ways that you have allowed this church to be generous. Lord, as as we pray for it, We just pray that you would help us to be even more generous because I know that it blesses your heart when we are. May your name be praised this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.